It's gonna be a good day Welcome back to What Would Cherick Do? A Choose Your Own Adventure podcast. Uh, my name is Chad. And my name is Eric. And we are here for another adventure. Yes, we are. Feels good to be back. Feels good to be back. What have we, uh, what have we got in store for the Cherickians today, Eric? Well, let me tell you, we're, uh, we're really on this whole, I think, uh, mystery slash spy kick lately. Yeah. Uh, so today I think we have another rousing adventure uh, lined up. It is Choose Your Own Adventure number six. Your code name is Jonah. I'm pretty stoked about this. I feel like this one is pretty up there in, like, uh, if there was a Choose Your Own Adventure Hall of Fame. This would be in it? This would be well up there. There are 40, four zero possible endings in this book which is a little bit daunting good grief uh and it is written by the great edward q packard so oh edward quentin packard yes yes nice. indeed so i mean you can't get much more classic cyoa than this book i think right um, no agreed chad pulled three out of our of his magnificent collection and it was a there was definitely a couple of them that i really had to sit down and think about and mull over because it was a hefty hefty decision and uh i feel confident in uh in this i'm gonna sneeze <laughs> well god bless you sir and uh yeah i'm very curious about this book there's a big whale on on the cover which is intriguing hmm. uh and a man in a nice tweed um suit coat it seems with a pistol and a maybe an ak <laughs> on his shoulder and uh, you know just uh, general shenanigans going on so uh i'm very intrigued and very maybe exciting. let's see jonah and there's a whale maybe yes. my okay. biblical knowledge will come into play you know what i didn't even think about that uh i think that's pretty clever and maybe you're right it probably does have to do with whales in the ocean and i feel like jonah's a good code name for that so mm -hmm. and maybe uh you know, saving the people of Nineveh. Mm, mm -hmm. The yep. Ninevites. <laughs> like Jonah kind of kind of didn't really want to do. Maybe. Who knows? Who knows? The only way we're going to find out, Eric, I think, is by doing two things. Uh, what are those, Chad? First and foremost, yeah. I think imperative that we uh, stop being two separate people. Right. And Don our uh cape and cowl if you will yes and put on uh the persona of cherrick nice yeah uh and second i think we just got to read this book yeah i think you're right that's uh that's really the only way that we're going to be able to find anything out so i think we got to just jump into it now that we've come together right, right now, now we can read the book Nice. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, let's just get to it. Yeah. Snippity snap. Okay. Well, uh, Ed just dives right into the story, which is spectacular. Straight in. Yeah. He wastes no time in setting this tale, this whale of a tale up, uh, if you will. 
So, uh, we are in Washington, D.C., six levels below the White House. And we're kind of hanging out in the office of J.J. Obard. Uh, he's the director of the Special Intelligence Group, or the SIG, if you will. And he's glaring at us from across the desk in his big old glasses, and he seems a little grumpy today, which isn't totally unusual. Um, and out of the blue, he asks us, Have you ever heard the sounds of the humpback whales? Um, and we're like, okay, no, I mean, kind of, maybe, probably, we don't really remember, I don't know, whales, what are you talking about? Um, and he slides a letter across his desk, uh, from a one Dr. Claude Dumont, uh, who's from Boston, and it, it is addressed to the President of the United States. And essentially, what this letter has to say is that he has been tracking humpback whales near Bermuda... And they recorded a whale song of a type that they had never heard before. So, you know, whales are pretty consistent in, in, their, in their songs. Sure. If you will. And this is a very they, strange They got one. the classics. Yeah. You, you and, know, they, and they pretty they much stick, stick to, to them. Yeah, Stick to what they know. Yeah, perfect. So but this is different, and it's very strange for whales. Um, and so he thinks the whales have a secret, and the new whale song is the key to this secret. And he says that they're analyzing it with their computers and, you know, they're trying to, you know, amass some data on the subject. And he's going to let the president know of his findings as soon as possible. Respectfully yours, Claude Dumas, blah, blah, blah. So, Obard uh, thinks if he is correct, it's important for us to learn this new whale song before anyone else does. Because apparently this, these whales really know what's up. Um... And he says, for one thing, it will help us find where these whales go when they disappear. What? Yeah, we're like, huh? And so he kind of sits back a little bit, a little bit of backstory here, saying usually most of the humpback whales are kind of around Greenland at this time of the year, where they migrate in the summertime. Um, but they have seemed to disappear completely from that area. And since they can only stay underwater for 30 minutes or so, we have a mystery, he says. Where do they go? Where have all these whales gone? And so we like, okay, boss, you want us to go to Boston and talk to doc, uh, Dr. Dumas? He's like, well, it's not going to be that easy, chum. Uh, Dumas has been missing for over 36 hours. And he thinks that he's been kidnapped by KGB agents led by someone known as Double I. So, point of order, is yeah. it two letter I's or like... No, it's like I is in your eyeball. I is in your eyeball. Double I. So like two eyes. It's like everyone? Well, just think of it more like I, I, you know. Got it. But I'm just, it's pretty, everyone has two eyes. I don't, right. I don't well, understand this mono, moniker. Apparently this guy's eyes are, are unique and special in some way. Or maybe he just like he sees double all all the time. Like he, I don't. A, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, beats me. I'm sure it's going to be really appropriate, and when we discover it, we'll be like, oh, oh, oh the oh double eye, yeah, mm, right. Or it'll make no sense at all. Or that, yeah, he could just be like, this was such a badass name, and we're like, uh, no, no. We could have found a way cooler one, dude. All that aside. Obard pushes a folder across the desk to us next, and it is a report on how the day before last, Dumas met with a professor, Hans Klein, in Boston, who agreed to help prepare the computer program that would be used in studying the new whale song. 
And so after the meeting, Dumont told Klein that he was going to go home, but he never made it. Hmm. Um, and so Obart is like, we booked your, nest, your flight to Boston, and there's a helicopter waiting for you to take you to the airport from here. And he's just very imperatively is like, find Dumas, find the whale song tape. Your mission is top priority. And your code name is Jonah. Yeah. Uh, so, a little bit later, we're at the airport in Boston, right? We flew all the way there. Not very far from Washington, D.C. Totally cool. And we know that Dr. Hans Klein is a key man in the case. And that he would be totally worthy talking to in this moment. But we also know that the scientists at the Center for Marine Studies, where Dr. Dumas was working, uh, have been following his discoveries very closely. And so we think there's a good chance they might have important information about said humpback whales that are missing. Okay, so, okay, okay. Chad, yeah. you with me? So far, tracking. Yes. If we visit Dr. Hans Klein, we turn to page four. Or... If we visit the Center for Marine Studies, we turn to page six. Hmm. What's your gut telling you? Uh, well, I feel like there's two. So find, find dumbass, find, uh, the whale tape, right? That's. Yes. Yes. Find dumbass. Yes. Very good. (laughs) Um, uh, sorry, Duma. Yeah. Uh, That's so, I feel like these choices are going to lead us to like one or the other. That's kind of my thought. That's a fair assessment. Maybe Klein gets us closer to, to finding, finding dumbass. Dumbass. And maybe the whale nerds will get us closer. To finding... To finding their new song. The song and maybe the whales. Okay, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's all probably intertwined somehow. Yes. I just, and, I wonder, and like, arguably, what... arguably, both are as important. But I guess which one is of top priority to us? Right. I guess we have two objectives. Right. Which one do we want to focus on? I guess is the question so here. So I think, like, a main concern is if Dumas dumbass has been captured by the kgb i feel like the sooner we get to him the better or else he's gonna crack open like a like a soft-boiled egg sure um because while he might be a proficient you know doctor of marine biology and such he's probably not so good under the stresses of interrogation okay so if we feel like it's more important that these other people in these other countries do not learn the whale song i think that dumas should be our number one priority I also don't think that we are going to be like much help on discovering what this whale song is all about. You know, because we're a secret agent. We don't know much about whales. Oh, I don't know, Eric. Yeah, we you, might know you, quite well, a bit about okay, whales. that's fair. You know what? James Bond always surprises you and knows everything about everyone when people ask him. So. Sure. He's like, what about this gold? I know all about this gold. What about these diamonds? Oh, I know all about these diamonds. That's a fair point. We are a great top secret agent. I am kind of, let me tell you something. Okay, hit me. I, at first, was leaning towards Dr. Klein, mm. but now, mm-hmm. I think I'm leaning towards the whale nerds. Really? Yeah. I was definitely leaning towards Dr. Klein myself. Why are you leaning towards the whale nerds? I just feel like securing the tape, you know, 
And maybe finding where the whales go will lead us to dumbass? Perhaps. Perhaps. I don't know. But dumbass is the leading expert on these whales in this new song. Sure. Sure. Sure, sure, sure. Agreed. Okay. No argument there. Right. But I think we need to get the song. It's probably more important. You think so? Then... Yeah, okay, so maybe they learn, like, his knowledge. Maybe he knows something about it, I mm-hmm, guess. Mm-hmm. But maybe if we go to, like, these whale nerds where he's been working, maybe he has notes or, you or some, know, some something in his lab or office. Mm, okay. Um, And maybe, like, actually finding where the whales go. Okay. I think that's... Maybe that that choice leads us to maybe that kind of well, track. I and... guess you're right. A major mystery is where are the missing whales? Yeah. Okay. Well, I'm up to go investigate some whale nerds. That sounds intriguing. Yeah, I mean, just poke around. Right. The I mean, Center for Marine Studies. Pretty much, yeah. You nailed it. So. Okay. Well, let's do that. Okay. So page uh, what six? Page six. Deal. Okay, so we head in a taxi cab to the Center for Marine Biology. And it's uh, just a modest building uh, by the river. And we are met there by Dr. Miles Riff. He's the assistant director. And okay. he kind of gives us some information about whales and that they're pretty intelligent animals, but there's no evidence that they communicate in a complex fashion like humans do. Uh, bullshit, but okay. <laughs> uh, that's like your opinion, man. And... Uh, you know, he's saying, like, whale songs are probably not different than bird songs, but they're longer because their lungs are much bigger. We're like, yeah, okay, what is the point of all of this rough? Um, and there, in our conversations, are interrupted by a phone call from one Paul McKim. And he is the assistant to the President of the United States. And McKim informs us that the President has received another letter from Dr. Dumas, but that it has mysterious, oh, excuse me, mysteriously wow. disappeared. Yes, that's how mysterious it was. It is very. It has disappeared uh, before anybody even had a chance to read it. The letter disappeared. The letter disappeared. So, like, the president got it and somehow let it out of his sight, and then it, it poofed. And so McCann was like, "You guys, you gotta, you gotta get down here as soon as possible." And we're and we reply, we say, "You didn't call me by my name." And there's a short pause, and he goes, "Sorry." Jonah. But Dr. Ruff explains that uh, there is a Dr. Renata Carini, who is an Italian scientist who should be coming in at any moment, who knows a lot about what the Russians are doing at this moment, and he thinks it will certainly behoove us to hang around and wait for her and talk to her about this whole ordeal. So, if we leave immediately for Washington, we turn to page 12. Or, if we wait to talk to Dr. Carini, we turn to page 14. Uh, Chad, off the bat, there's a lot of me that's like, I just effing flew to Boston. I don't want to go back to Washington. I was just there. I've been in Boston for one hour and I'm coming back already. This is pointless. What, 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 what? True. Nope. I Um, hear that. However, this mysteriously disappearing note is also uh, troublesome and intriguing. And I don't, I mean, I guess this Carini could be potentially helpful in, in some ways. True. Um, Potentially. Or she could be an Italian 
double agent or something. Well, and even maybe this Mr. Kim is uh, kind of suspicious because he seemed to hesitate when he needed our code name. Um, yeah, why didn't he use our code name? Yeah, exactly. We had, to, but he knew it. We had to prompt him. Well, he hesitated, but then he knew it. Absolutely. So, like, you know, maybe just a little, a little bit of caution as far as that goes. Mm-hmm. I would suspect him before I would suspect Doctor Karini myself. But, um, I don't know, man. This is. Um, I kind of just gut reaction. Yeah. Kind of feel like we should go to Washington. Check out this missing letter business. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's probably important. The letter is probably very important. And I don't know... I mean, she knows a lot about what the Russians are doing, but that's pretty but vague. And I don't know. How does that... I don't know. You know, well, I don't it's know. it's the whole KGB side yeah. of things. If, if, if Dr. Dumbass was captured by the KGB, then maybe she could have some insight as to what they're doing with him and why. But I think that we know why. And so, yeah, maybe... I don't yeah. know. I think maybe you're right. Yeah. We should just follow this missing letter. Follow... Here. Yeah, I think back back to All the right. White House. I don't know. All right, we're turning around. We're going right back. Okay, so we go back to the White House. Uh, we're ushered into McKim's office. Uh, he tells us that the president's secretary, Maria Bittner, opened a letter from Dumont um, around 9.30 yesterday. Uh, set it aside on a table for the president to read later. Uh, she left the room, came back 30 minutes later, and the letter was gone. These are the cold, hard facts. <laughs> and uh, anyway, so we ask who had access to the room. And we were, McKim tells us himself, the president, Maria Bittner, of course, as well as his security advisor, Henry Timbers, mm-hmm. had access to the room. And just as we're uh, kind of uh, asking McKim all these questions, the president himself walks into the room. And um, he says, you know, there are quite a few mysteries surrounding this, and we're like, no we shit. Don't say. <laughs> We're like, no shit, Sherlock. We hadn't noticed, pal. Uh, I, sorry. No shit, Mr. President. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but you know, he he's like, you know, we have the new whale song, the disappearing whales, the disappearance of Doctor Dumont, and the disappearance of his letter. And we're like, yep, that's. It's a lot. It's an epidemic. Everything's disappearing. And he's like, I'd really like you to uh, stay and investigate this letter. However, I've just been informed by your boss, Aubard, that he has a plane waiting to take you to the Arcturus. Mm -hmm. Arcturus. It's a weird spelled word, but... Uh, who, it's a boat who has been chartered to monitor uh, Russian experiments, like with the whales. Okay. And he says there's a Russian spy on board who is willing to defect and could provide us valuable information. Yeah. Um, and if we wanted to go there, we could, you know, have our staff, you know, look into the letter while we're aboard the Arcturus. Okay. So, 
if you say, I think I'd better find out what happened to Dumont's missing letter, we turn to page 28. If you say you want to leave for the Arcturus immediately, we turn to page 29. The Again, this is like a very, like, just diverging plot points. You yeah, know? it seems that the Russians are very important to this whole story. That's the vibe I'm getting. Uh, nearly every choice nearly, involves the yeah. Russians. It's, it is super uh, uh, involved with the Russians, so it, it, it appears. Um, this, this secretary lady opened the letter. Like, there's some of me that is like, did she not read it? Like, she just opened it and then said it on the... She, she doesn't read all the presidents. Sure mail. she does. Everybody knows no. when you're a secretary, you're kind of snoopy. It's the president, man. Okay, well, she opened it. Like, you couldn't just take it in there and put it on his desk with a dude's name on it. Be like, here, here's a letter that I didn't even open. No, she has to open it in case it contains, like, anthrax or something. <sighs> I don't understand how things work in Washington. I watch a lot of, uh, you know... The West Wing? Style shows. Yeah, yeah. yeah. okay, alright, well... Apparently you I'm know Aaron Sorkin's like my favorite. Uh, he's fantastic. I understand. He's a fabulous, fabulous writer. Um, and recently director. And recently director. That's true. He's pretty competent at that too. Just a talented man. Anyway. Um, I don't know. In the grand scheme of things, maybe this missing letter isn't that important. Maybe it is not. There's a lot of me that really wants to know what's on it. And apparently it's important enough to be stolen. But I feel like that storyline to me now is becoming more and more like finding the mole within the White House. And then right. that, that kind of ends one way or another. Right. And then like you, you, get, you find a letter and it says something and it's like, and now you go and do this. The end. Yeah. Uh, I could see that happening. Or like, sure. now you're whatever. Yeah. Um... So the the whole ship and the Russians and the whales seems to definitely be more pertinent to that storyline. Yeah. Um, and I'll be very intrigued to to go on this on this ship um, and check out this Russian defector. Sure. Maybe Doctor Kimchi will be aboard. Hmm. What was her name? Maybe. Oh, the the Italian one. Yeah. It was not Kimchi. I think it was like Cartini or Car- something. It was Carini. Carini. <laughs> Doctor Kimchi. No. I like making up nicknames. That was, uh, that's the other guy. That's McKimchi. McKimchi. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so we're going on this ship? Yeah, the Arcturus. The Arcturus. We're going right. to have to find a new name for that boat because it's just weird to say. All right, we'll figure it out. We'll catch you on the flip side. Or on page 29. Ooh. Howdy. Welcome back. Uh, it's been so long. So six hours have passed. So long in the book, and also in your life, because we're trying to keep like real, a real like method acting. Yeah, this thing. is a this is a new experiment for Cherik. So thanks for sitting in there for those six hours. So like every time they like we fly somewhere, and then we figure out how long that flight is, and then we like pretend that we're sitting on an airplane. Yeah, the passage of time is also very important in this book. Yeah, so. We've been trying this, like, method acting. Yeah. We ate a lot of little packets of peanuts. Mm-hmm. We watched a couple movies. Yep. I had a gin and tonic. It was pretty tasty. Mm, we had my neighbor come over and pretend to be a TSA agent who, mm-hmm. uh, yep. you know, 
checked us thoroughly. Yeah, if they you checked will. our attache case as well. Uh, yeah, they did. Yeah. They anyway, it thoroughly. Um. So we've just been dropped by helicopter onto the deck of the schooner Arcturus. The captain, Captain Lindstrom, meets us on deck and begins to provide us with some relevant information. So he says that they have um, wonderful tapes of the new whale song. Hey, good to know. Check. Check that box. High quality whale songs. Um, But they haven't been able to decipher it and informs us that they've been working on that at MIT. Um, But we, and then we, again, uh, immediately come back and we ask about the Russian defector. He's like, ah, yes. His name is Alexei Minkov, and he used to uh, serve aboard a Russian submarine, but is defected, but has been reluctant to, and so, well, he says he knows things, but he's reluctant to share, because although he's defected from Russia, he still has, like, a strong, like, loyalty and, you know, kind of love of the country and just maybe isn't quite ready to share that yet. It's a big decision. And also, and the captain kind of respects that, you know, that life, he gets that life isn't all black and white and there's gray areas and whatnot. So, but then we are interrupted um, by a whale song uh, playing over the monitor. Yeah. And it's not the new whale song. It's an old whale song that Captain informs us um, that he thinks means gather here. Uh, Eric, do you know that I kind of speak whale? Uh, I did not. Yeah. So if if you would have heard that, you would have known that that's what they were saying. Yeah, cause it was probably something like... From my little uh, interaction with whale songs, I think you pronounce the H a little hard, but I think otherwise <laughs> that was pretty accurate. Yeah, that sounds that sounds good. Cool. Whip. 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 <laughs> Put a lot of emphasis. Um, syllable. So we um, both pick up a pair of binoculars and look out across the ocean to see if we can get a glimpse of the whales. Mm-hmm. Uh, but a heavy fog has obscured our vision. We can only see like maybe 100 feet or so. Damn, that's a lot of fog. And um, But suddenly on the scanner, we hear a thumping sound. And uh, the captain says, it's a sub. It's a Russian sub. That's preposterous. It's the ocean's heartbeat. Nope, it's a Russian sub. And so we say, or he says, this might be a chance for rendezvous for us to get together, share what we know, like try to work it out, or um, it could be a chance for them to murder us. Uh, What should we do? Yeah. And so if we say sail toward them, we turn to page 100. And if we say sail away, we must escape. We turn to page 102. Wow. Um, Eric, what do you think? Well. Are we going to sail toward them? Or are we um, going to sail away, sail away, sail away, <laughs> and sail away, sail away? Uh, I think first order of business is renaming this uh, schooner. And I think we should just call it the Ark. Nice. Because that kind of fits with the themes of the book so far. Got it. Um, so... 
Look, I'm all about finding diplomatic relations. And I think that running away from the Russian sub would give a false impression. And not maybe not a false impression, but like just the wrong impression. And that if we're ballsy enough to be like, yo, we hear you and we're going to come toward you. Like, please surface and let's just discuss this whole whale business because it's very important for everyone that the whales are disappearing. Like, there's some problems uh, that are bigger than countries. And I think that this would be a great way for us as Americans to, like, make that first step and be like, look here, let's team up. Let's figure out what's going on because uh, it ain't good for for anybody. Unless okay. Unless you're actually doing this and then we're just going to die. Um, but I have a hunch the Russians aren't really behind this. This is my big hunch for the story. I don't think it's the Russians. At all. I think like all good spy stories, and by I mean all good spy stories, I pretty much mean James Bond. Uh-huh. Um, there's always somebody else putting his fingers in everybody else's pies and trying to get them to destroy each other. You know. So you think maybe the Russians think that we're the bad exactly, guys? Exactly. But really, there's that other man <coughs> and behind we the stole Doctor Dumbass. Yeah. Yep. He's he's making us point fingers at each other, starting World War Three, while all the while he is behind the curtains petting his cat and, mm. and you know putting his diabolical schemes into motion. double eyes. Exactly. Well, maybe. He, I think he was a Russian agent. Oh, he was. But maybe he was, but now he's actually working for, you know, said bald man with a cat. Hmm. This is all pure speculation, of course. Sure. But I no. think that uh, it is a potentially... So you think... Crucial moment here. A meeting. I think we got to meet them. Okay. However, I would like to remind you right now that I don't have the best of history when deciding what to do with submarines. <laughs> that's one moment in these books that I will never forget um, because your it was track so, record it was with so submarines it is not bad. good it was very bad it's not good um no but I agree let's yeah. turn to page 100 okay and see what happens yeah I mean I'm not gonna lie we've made like four choices here and there's 40 endings in this book yeah I mean we're bound so, to run the world sooner or later Chances are. So if we get torpedoed, it's just gonna, it's gonna, we're gonna have to die. Something's gonna happen, I think. I think we just gotta be gutsy about it, and we gotta just think that, you know what? We're bigger than this, and they are too, and it's gonna work out. Okay. Here we go. Here we go. Okay. Wow. Things get pretty wild here. Pretty quickly. Pretty quickly, yeah, no. So uh, so we head toward them, right? And uh, the captain trusts our judgment. So uh, we turn toward them, and we're heading right at them. And one of the crewmen uh, calls that, we, that they've lost them on the scanner, which means apparently that they must be almost right on top of us already. Uh, so they were really close by as, as it was. Um, now, suddenly... The Ark lifts up out of the ocean and heels over sharply. And above the rushing roar of water, we hear the screeching sound of timbers splitting under the strain. And we realize that they're surfacing right beneath our ship. Son bitch. Uh, and so, like, everybody's grabbing onto the boat for, you know, for their lives. And we're hanging on in the cockpit, uh, you know, and it's just tipping and tipping and tipping. And the Ark is splitting open now. And the water's gushing up from beneath us, and the waves are breaking over the deck. 
And the captain's like, do you think they did it on purpose? And we shrug. It's not really that important right now because we're all going to die. And so we remark very bluntly, looks like we're going down. And the helmsman in the cockpit with us inflates a life raft and uh, prepares to launch it. And there's an enormous wave coming right at us. And the captain shouts, jump! And we all three, uh, the helmsman, the captain, and, you know, uh, we, jump into the raft and push off as the arc flips up its stern and then dives beneath the ocean, sinking, sinking, and carrying the rest of the crew and the Russian defector to a watery (coughs) grave. That sucks. Yeah. So we were very fortunate. No one else was. Uh, And so the captain is like, you know, he doesn't think that they're going to be able to find us in the fog, this Russian submarine. And so he wonders if he should attract them with our electronic beeper. And then he reminds us that if he doesn't do that, then we'll most likely be rescued within a couple days. Which means maybe. On this, maybe. Most likely, yeah. Most likely. Or maybe not at or, all. Or we'll just die on a life raft. Yeah, absolutely. So if we say yes, turn on the electronic beeper and attract their attention, we turn to page 103. If we say no, we turn to page 105. Um, Chad, as dramatic as that portion was, I think we kind of both know what we have to do here. Turn on that beeper, we gotta right? Turn it on. We got to turn on the beeper. Yeah. Right? Yep. Maybe we get captured by the Russians, but also maybe we learn something. I think that we will, yeah. I think either way right now, we're really in a pickle. So, I think, yeah, we just gotta go with yes. And turn to page 103. Okay, I'm done. So, here's what happened. We immediately activate our beeper, right? We're like, we're not just waiting out here on this life raft forever. So, uh, within a few minutes, the Russian sub pulls up alongside us, and soon we're inside the sub, warming ourselves with some nice toasty blankets and drinking, I guess, eating some some soup. Yeah. Some tasty soup. Uh, And the commander of this Russian sub speaks a little bit of English, and he apologizes for sinking our ship, and he said that it was a beautiful ship and that it was an accident, which doesn't make any sense to me, really, but okay. I mean, they just surfaced, and... There our boat true. was. Well, yeah, but it's like, you got, I don't know. Anyways, that's a moot point because they're very friendly and they're very, um, yes, they're being very nice to us now. And they've offered us tasty soup, which is great. Um, and from there, he goes on to let us know that uh, while we've been doing this, they have actually learned the secret of the whales. And, uh, and apparently that Dr. Dumas was, in fact, in the hands of the Russians because they were trying to get him to tell him, them this information. Well, like, uh, well come back to that later but go on yeah fine okay so you found out that uh there's a little bit missing here but what i can decipher from the the in-between is that the whales were hiding in a large cavern um i don't know why but they were because the russians were thinking about using this cavern of the whales as a military base but decided against it because one h-bomb over the entrance to it would seal the cavern forever and that's why only a half an hour ago, the Russian premier and the president of the United States reached an agreement that the cavern would be preserved for the whales forever. And uh, they've also made arrangements to transfer all of us to an American submarine very soon. Okay. So the whales will be saved, uh, but not through the good sense of human beings, but through the good luck of just where the cavern was and all that jazz. Fate. Mm. Some of them observe. And the Russian captain's like, yes, the whales needed good luck to survive. And the same may be said for mankind, which is kind of a 
it's not okay to put the fate of mankind into into good luck's hands. It seems like people could be more a little more wise about that. But uh, anyway, the next day we are picked up from the Russian sub by helicopter and we're transferred and we return to um, Provincetown where we get this message from Ubbard and it's like you have a two weeks vacation. So we're going to a beach and we hang out and we might try surfing, but we've been on the water enough lately. And we sit on the sand blah, and we blah, lie blah, gazing blah. up at the puffy white clouds in the sky at the end. So a little bit of a bummer <coughs> ending there. I mean, we're alive. We're alive. No, and things worked out okay the because are the whales saved. are happy. And, Allegedly, yeah. Dr. Dumont's been returned. Right. So like the whole ordeal is now behind us, which earned us a two weeks leave. But we didn't really have anything to do with it. Also true, which is kind of so, a bummer. It is kind of a bummer. I mean, it's sweet that we still got two weeks vacation out of it for not doing much, but like at the same time, it's a little bit of a bummer. Uh, but it does open up the possibility to go back to any one of these many choices that we've made. Yes, it does. Yeah. So what are you thinking? Uh, can you quickly go through at least the first couple for okay, me? Okay, here, here's, here's the options. Yeah. We could visit Dr. Klein... Instead of going to the whale nerds' house. Yeah, okay. We could talk to Dr. Carini instead of heading back to Washington to investigate the letter that turned out to maybe be nothing. Okay. Or we could avoid going to the Arcturus and hang out with the letter and look into that letter sitch. Um, We could sail away, sail away, sail away. Or, uh, not signal the Russians and wait for rescue on the high seas. I have a slight hunch that those last two might be endings. Probably. Um, if I'm being honest, I'm very interested in going back to the very first choice that we made. Ooh. I understand that I might stretch things out a little bit, but, um, I think I'm most interested in checking out this Dr. Klein and seeing where things go from there. I wonder if we ever get to where, like, we discover that whale cavern. Yeah, I mean, I'm curious about that because in this ending, it was very much assumed that we knew what he was talking about when he said a whale cavern. Yeah, and we were just like, yeah, we're yep. like, uh, sure, we know exactly what you're talking about. Know exactly what you're talking about. Nodding and smiling, nodding Absolutely and smiling. Absolutely not. We've only flown on airplanes for four days. Yeah. That's it. Yeah, we went back and forth and back and forth, and then we got on the ship, and then it exploded, and then we we're alive. Yeah. I mean, I guess it's sank. It's uh, so maybe whatever. Dr. Klein, sure. Okay. Uh, Was it, there another one that, in, in, that intrigued you? I think chasing down the letter. Yeah, okay. Intrigued me. Potential. No, I agree. I think between those two, because I'm not terribly interested in talking to Dr. Carini. No. Um, I don't know why not. I don't know why, but no. Well, yeah, it, she just didn't seem terribly important to the plot of the story. So, like, I'm sure something interesting could happen from it. But at the same time, like, talking to Dr. Klein about the missing Dumas or uh, checking out this letter is maybe is more interesting. But I think you're right. If we go check out this letter, that's what our story is going to be about. Yeah. Um, and I feel like we definitely won't find the Cavern of the Whales if we No, do probably not. Did you read a Dove Chocolate? I did. Is it helpful? Uh, well, let me tell you, Chad. It says, show someone what they mean to you. No. It's I don't not, think it's... it's no, not, it's not, not helpful, helpful at all. No, not terribly helpful. No. Uh, no, okay. I mean, let's do it. Let's... 
You want to go back to the very beginning? A yeah, very good place let's to start? go. Let's go talk to Dr. Klein. Let's do it. And see what happens. Klein, a man, a middle-aged man, Dumas, a missing man to find. We, a, na- a spy whose code name is Jonas, <laughs> and uh, we love to eat pie. So, a needle-pulling thread. <laughs> La, La, a note to follow so. And let's eat more pie. Tea, a drink of jam and bread and pie. That will bring us back and hopefully not die. Nice. Yeah, thanks. Okay, so, you'll remember that we're back at the beginning of the story. We have just left Washington, D.C. to fly to Boston. Boston. And we, our first stop there was to the office of Dr. Uh, Klein. Yes. So, we arrive at Dr. Klein's residence, a modest two-story in Cambridge overlooking the river, Uh, And he verifies our identity before letting us in and then begins to tell us that him and Dumont were on the verge of a great discovery. Um, This new whale song, he believes, is quite significant. They were analyzing it using his computer. His computer. His computer. Yes. Um, And (laughs) anyway, but he can't do it without Dumont. He can't finish. Um, So he beckons us over to... He's going to play the tape for us. Uh, But just... Just when he's ready to hit the play button, the phone rings. Go figure. And of course, it's our boss, Aubard, with another alternative plot for us to explore. How wonderful. So he informs us that... A Cessna 323 landed in Halifax an hour ago. On board was an agent named Anton Rudniska. Uh, he is clearly a spy. He has rented a farmhouse along the coast where there is uh, parked a motorboat, Ooh. which he believes to... Uh, he, his plan is to use it to uh, sail or go to meet up with a Russian submarine. Maybe he's just having a nice little vacation there. Sounds and, cozy. Yeah, well, maybe. But uh, I, they think he's going to meet up with a Russian sub, and if we follow him, maybe he can lead us to Dumont. Um, and if we left right now, we can catch the afternoon plane. Hmm, okay. I think it's very peculiar that Aubard knows exactly what phone we're sitting next to at all times. <laughs> that's a fair point, because he didn't necessarily know that that's where we were headed. I don't think... Maybe we told him, but... Maybe we are a spy. Maybe they have an active tracker implanted in us. Maybe, but still. Uh, so here's our choices. If you stay and ask Klein to play the whale song tapes... We turn to page seven. If we take the first plane to Halifax to track down Anton Rudniska, we turn to page eight. Mm. If you go to the Boston FBI to check out their files on Dr. Claude Dumont, we turn to page nine. Okay, where did that even come from? I don't know. Left field, man. Just a left field choice to go look at FBI files on Claude Dumont. Weird. Yeah. Um, Not my first choice. No, it's probably my last choice. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Going to be straight up. We'll just nix that choice then. Um, 
I am very intrigued to jump on this plane and head to this lovely farmhouse by the sea. Okay. Why? Because it sounds very jet-setting and exciting. Sure. Uh, and I think that it would get us thick in the plot of what's happening versus talking to someone about a whale song that they can't even identify now that Dumont is gone. Maybe we hear something on the tape. Fair. That's fair. Maybe the tape is important, um, and it will lead to something awesome. Um, I just feel like Dumbass is the leading uh, component in this whole whale song business. And even with his arm pewter, he can't distinguish <laughs> anything special about the whale song without dumbass. So, like, what? Yeah. On one, one, on one hand, I'm like, I know that we're awesome, but what are we going to be able to find out that that dumbass couldn't have already like conveyed or deciphered? Yeah, I guess. Um. So my first choice. So you want to go to Halifax? I wanna, that would be my first choice. Nova Scotia. Yeah. I've never been to the, to, to the Scotch before. Okay. Um, plus, I think I might get us closer to that cavern. Am I right? Is Halifax in Nova Scotia? Yeah, I think you are right. Damn. Halifax, Nova Scotia sounds pretty accurate to me. My geography skills are on point. Not that I'm always correct about these sorts of things, but... Uh, <laughs> Sorry. I'm just... Did you have a flashback? Yeah, I did. Yeah, good. I'm glad. Yeah, I did. As a... One thing I've learned many times during this podcast is that I'm often wrong, and uh, I just gotta embrace that. What city did you not know where it was? I don't. I don't Baltimore? even remember. Yeah. Oh, well, that. I think that was it. Yeah. I'm like, it's not even we're close to that. It was so close to wherever we needed to go. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I am so good at putting my foot in my mouth. Um, okay, so we're gonna fly to Halifax. Yeah. You in for it? Yeah, okay. okay. Sounds like a plan to me. All right, let's do it. Halifax, here we come. Oh, no. No, what? no, no. What? Mm-mm. I don't see anything wrong with this. Mm-mm. Me no likey. Okay, so here's what happened. Uh, we promptly take leave of Dr. Klein, thanking him for his hospitality. We get in a cab and we fly. Um... Or we go to the airport to fly to Halifax. Um, our journey uh, is, we'll get there very late tonight. We'll have to stay in a hotel, get in a car. We'll get to the farmhouse in the morning. However, we have noticed the weather report for Halifax. There's a storm moving in and, you know, six to eight foot waves are expected. So it's, he won't be able, Runiska won't be able to set sail anytime soon. So we'll have time to get, like, catch him. Right. So we're not worried about that. So we get off the airplane in Halifax. Um, we are met outside of the airport by a lady and whose name is we don't know. But she simply says, Jonah, and gestures to get into a car. Yeah. And we assume that Auburn must have like called ahead to the Canadian intelligence office to let them know that we were coming and provide us with some assistance but then we take a look at the driver of the car who is just this like weird like stout beady eyed dude with a cap pulled way down over his head and he kind of like smiles at us weird and we're kind of getting the heebie-jeebies a little bit about this whole sitch right yeah 
I'm like, she knew our code name, so she must be on the up and up, but we don't we don't like the feeling here. And maybe we you know, maybe we've just been in this business too long and you know, we're getting a little too jumpy. Or maybe they're trying to kill us. Or maybe they're trying to murder us. So our choice, um, if we decide to just get in the car, we turn to page 24. And if we decide to step down and ask if you step back and ask a few questions, we turn to page 25. Yep. That's what you want to do? Yeah. We gotta Why can't it. we just be more trusting, nope, man? We got to She step knows back. our code name. Like, I personally, I'd be fine with it. I'd probably just get in the car. Get back. Get back, get back to where you once belong. Uh-uh, nope, nope. Too recently, too recently did we get in a limo and get gassed <laughs> and murdered because we trusted that mofo who was supposed to be on our side. That man knew everything about us and we trusted him and we paid for it, my friend. And I am about to get in this car without asking a few questions first. Fair I think, point. I think it is fair, fair. as a spy to, when <laughs> we get the heebie-jeebies, when we get jumpy and suspicious, I think there's a good reason for it. Okay. No, you. you it's a fair point. I don't think asking a few questions is going to hurt anything. Okay. You know? Probably not. Probably, probably, probably not. not. I mean, it might. We'll go with hopefully not. She might just pull a gun on us and force us into the car. Well, that's always an option, I suppose. But then at least we'll know that they're trying to, you know, get a jump on us and maybe murder us. Okay. Okay, so let's so, go to page 25. 25. Okay. Chad. Yeah. I love this choice. Okay. This is so much fun. Uh, so, we take a step back. We're like, okay, lady, hold on. And we're like, look at her closely. And out of the corner of our eye, we see a strange man in a dark raincoat stepping toward us. And without hesitation, we turn and we run, right? And we head back toward the entrance to the airport, and then we jump in the taxi. And we just say, take me to the Lord Dunbar Hotel and step on it. And so he, you know, cruises out of the airport access road, and we watch in the rear window as the Ford is following us. And so we look at the driver, and we're like, can you shake him? Can you shake that car behind us? Wait, and then we see his face in the rear view mirror, and... Uh, even though everybody thought he was dead, it's really Paul Walker. And and we've landed ourselves in the middle of a Fast and the Furious movie. <laughs> and and he like lifts up the passenger seat and like turns on like three bottles of NOS. Yes. And uh like flips up a laptop computer that was hidden in the dash and mm -hmm. and then he quotes Top Gun just because and he says, I feel the need. The need for, for speed. speed. Yeah, okay. So all that happens. It was all implied in the subtext. Yeah, but. exactly. Uh, but really what he said was, I don't know, I'll give it a try. I've always liked a good race. Um, yeah, you do. So he's not quite as confident as Paul Walker, but he's, he's pretty much... Like there. Paul Walker, like Fast and the Furious 1, maybe? Not like Paul Walker, Fast and Furious 7. Okay, that's fair. That's fair. So he accelerates, and we like make a screaming turn onto a side road. And we hear the brakes of the Ford behind us trying to stay on our tail. And we're gathering speed. And uh, Paul Walker mentions the fact that if we can cross McMurdy Avenue before the light changes, they'll never get us. So we glance at the speedometer and it's quivering at about 85 miles an hour, right? Sure. So he's just gunning it. Gunning and that, it. And that NOS is really kicking in. 
Uh, but the light up ahead is changing. And McMurdy Avenue is about 100 yards away still. And the light turns yellow. And a car in front of us is breaking to stop. The black Ford is somehow gaining on us. I guess they have NOS as well. And cross traffic is beginning to move as the light changes. Now, we don't see how our driver is going to make the crossing, but it may be our only chance. So, if we tell Paul Walker to gun it, we turn to page 46. Or if we tell him to break, we turn to page 50. 100 yards is a really long wait. Like, I was trying to picture, like, how far that would be, like, to a light. It's a, it's a significant distance. I think even at 85 miles an hour, it's going to take us at least a couple seconds to get up to that light. Yeah. Like, it's just really far. Like, I mean, 100 feet, I'd be like, oh, gun it, you know, but 100 yards? But right. also, that allows you time to, like, I don't know, plan, predict the traffic, wave bit, around. But, but if, if they are already starting to, like, cross, it's going to be tricky for us to get through. I have faith in Paul Walker. Yeah? You want to gun it? I want to gun it. I mean, that's definitely the... the... Here's how I see it happening. Yeah. We gun it and somehow make it through the traffic. Yeah. And then they're... They gun it did, and, and then and hit crashed. all the cars. Yeah. Crashed and we get away. That's how it happened in the movies for sure. Several times. Oh, yes. It's probably like the perfect timing where there's, you know, this big truck hauling logs going across and we like zoom underneath it or maybe we like turn and like drift underneath of it yep yep yeah absolutely that's exactly what's gonna happen because paul walker's a badass i love the fast and the furious movies so much and uh our life is in good hands man yeah let's gun it let's do it i'm in for this okay so huh twist our cab driver was not paul walker no. But let me catch up real quick. So we shout to this cab driver, beat the light! And he steps on the gas, racing toward the intersection against the red light. And we see this huge truck crossing traffic. And so he, you know, turns sharply and puts the brakes on and the truck roars past us but catches the very tail end of our car and it sends it into a terrifying spin, right? And so, like, we go into the fetal position on the floor of this cab and we get like thrown yeah well yeah so so we like double up and we're like kind of in a ball and we kind of black out but right before we do we are flung against the front seat um and then nothing and we wake up later in the hospital and it appears that we've been here quite a while because uh albert is standing over us looking down and the cab driver is next excuse me next to him uh, and his arms in a sling and he's got a bandage on his head and Albert says, you know, sorry, Joan, it looks like you're out of the operation. And he wishes us well and hopes we get better. Bah, bah, bah. And he says, oh, by the way, you haven't been introduced to your cab driver, Anton Rudnitska. And we're like, what? Bah, bah, bah. And Albert uh, informs us that he's really working for us, thank the Lord. Uh, then why did he? Yeah, no, sorry. a lot of questions, a lot of questions there. Uh, and then the nurse walks in and is like, sorry, the patient has to rest. And so they leave and, uh, we fall asleep dreaming about whales and their songs. And that's the end. Why the urgent phone call for us to freaking fly to Halifax and just, you know, catch 
Anton Rudinska I mean, if the, he was on our side the whole time. On the one hand, maybe he needed backup, but on the other hand, it's like, why would not you just tell us that? Right. And instead of thinking they were going like, out like to catch on a, a manhunt agent, yeah. And like, why not give us like his picture or tell us like he'll meet you in a cab outside of the airport, right? Or any of the things. Any of the things, literally any of the things. But um, our boss sucks. Yeah, or maybe somehow he didn't know. Maybe Renitska was like playing double agent on like deep on all cover this. or yeah. something. Maybe yeah. he's CIA or something. I mean, who knows, man? The possibilities here are endless. I guess. Um, but what it really means is we got to go back and break at the light. I guess. You couldn't have waited just, you know, like one minute to open that Dove chocolate chat. I wanted to see <laughs> if it was helpful. Is, is it helpful? Yeah. It says it's your call. Oh, well, my call is what we have to do, which is go back to our other <laughs> choice. <laughs> so helpful. <laughs> All right, we'll be turning to page 50. I thought maybe it would give us some good luck. We've had a couple endings. I wanted like a good ending. Yeah, okay. This is going to this is not going to be an ending. It's going to be a really good next part of the adventure to break at the stoplight. Yep, page 50. Here we go. Well, we yell, "Break!" And uh our driver breaks and swerves and and like careens and crashes into an embankment and the car's damaged but we're fine yeah it's just the fender yeah but the ford chasing us not quite as lucky so they also slam on their brakes but they careen over a like concrete wall and fall into a ravine below and seconds later all we see is a giant explosion yeah so they're dead. Major bummer. And we thank our crab driver who oh he gets us to the hotel and we thank him and he's like, Anytime. <laughs> like it's just like kind of surprising. We're like, uh, can I get your card? Cause honestly, this was a good team up and we might need to do it again. Right. Also, you obviously didn't mean to, but I think you said crab driver, which just has a great mental image in my head. Of, like, a crab who was driving the cab the whole time. Mm. It's the crab cabbie. Yeah. He's wearing one of those, like, the hats. And the crabby. <laughs> I love it. I love it. Mm. We'll, we'll put that in one of our new uh, short films. Yeah. The crabby. <laughs> I'm going to giggle about that for hours. Okay. So, uh, we thank the crabby. He says anytime. And then we wake up the next morning... Um, after just a few hours sleep in the Lord Dunbar Motel, we rent a car and we drive out to um, Anton's. Uh, Antonio? Anton's? Anton's. I don't know. Anton's. His farmhouse. His farmhouse. So we park a ways away, maybe a quarter, half mile away, and sneak in through the woods to try to like ascertain what's going on here, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, we see, you know, see the farmhouse and we see two two possible approaches to gather more information about what's happening here. Ooh, Chad, what are they? Um, first off, we could walk up to the front door, Yeah. try to bluff our way in using our amazing deception skills. Perfect. And, you know, pretending to be one of their agents. Okay, with our sweet Russian accent. Yep. Got it. Or, the attic window is open. Mm. If we use our harpoon gun, we could shoot a grappling hook 
in through that window, which would catch on the edge. We could climb up the side of the building into the attic and uh, overhear everything that's going on. Hmm. So that's our choice. Uh, if we attempt to enter through the attic, we turn to page 96. If we attempt to bluff our way in, we turn to page 98. Eric? Yeah. Here's my first thought. Okay. We have never proven to be good bluffers. No. Like, no. Ever, not, not once have we ever made a choice where we wanted to bluff our way through a situation. Yeah. And we weren't immediately like, my codename is Jonah and I work for the American Federal Bureau of Intelligence. Well, okay, here's the thing. For, all, for all of the great, wonderful things that Cherik is, he's not always very tactful. Right. Um, so I see your point in that uh, aspect. <coughs> like, they're, we're probably going to blow our cover pretty darn quick. I, however, also feel like the attic isn't necessarily a great idea. Like, if Anton's in the, in the farmhouse, I think maybe, like, he'll have a decent chance to see us on the side of the house and, like, hear us climbing inside the attic. And if it's a creaky upstairs attic, then we're kind of in trouble. Um, also true. We've gotten in trouble with people hearing us crawling around yeah, in vents and exactly. whatnot. Yeah, so we're not necessarily... We, we have a history of not being subtle in any of these aspects. War with the EPM comes into mind for both of these choices. Yes, okay. That's very true. Uh, which we ended up swinging in our favor. So there's always hope. But this is our last uh, life at, at this point. The next, the end, is the last. Mm -hmm. So... Um, Honestly, I don't know what it is, but I feel like being more brazen in this moment. I feel like walking up to the front door might be the better option. Really? Yeah. I was really going for... You're going for the attic? Yeah. The attic hideaway? Yeah. Well, I mean, I honestly, like, I don't think either of these options are terribly great. Like, why don't we just say stay here in the woods and see what Anton does? And if he heads down to the boat, then we can confront him then... Or, but, uh, you know, all that's a moot point because these are our two options. Um, you know what? I'm going to... Here's what I'm going to do. Even though you chastised me publicly for opening a Dove chocolate on the air. Oh, well, it was very callous and... Um, not uh, callous, careless. Uh, I'm going to refer to it. Oh, okay. All right. Well, I'm glad, it that, says it, I'm glad your, that it has come in, in handy. It says it's your call. Okay. So if you oh, want to go to the... Your, oh, oh, okay. If you want to go to the front door, I'm I'm down. Oh, you're you're repaying my slightly uh, careless insult with with friendship and kindness. And yeah, kindness. Wow, that's that's very big of you, Chad. Uh huh. Wow. Um, <laughs> okay, let's do it. You want to go up at the front door? Yeah. Okay. I mean, it's probably gonna be bad, but probably like hilariously epically bad. I mean, maybe, usually yeah. it is. Or, it's like, hi, my name is. Jonaski, <laughs> do you have any vodka? And I am a Russian agent, I, just like I, you. I am Russian agent from Russian KGB. You know what the irony is? Is that if uh, <laughs> Anton is actually a double agent in this uh, too, where like usually they are consistent in those sorts of things, and he thinks that we're a Russian agent, he's just going to kill us <laughs> when we were on the same team the whole time. Uh, okay, so let's go up and knock on this door. Ninety-six. Well, that took a turn. Yes, it did. 
We knock three times on the door before it slowly opens. And there's a chilling voice behind the door that says, Yes. And this kind of puffy-faced man with slick black hair answers, and he says, What is it you want? And we say, I've been sent to join you by double eye. Come in, we need you. I'm Bulkov. I am former U.S. Agent K3 now working for double eye, you reply. Well, we, I guess we, we reply that. Yeah. And uh, Bulkov is like, very, very good. And so he says, you'll be glad to see he's here and ready to give you your next order. And we're like, great, what is it? And he looks at us and uh, he says, your next order is to die. And that's the end because this other man was holding a, a big gun uh, and then he shot us and then we died. Gosh darn it. Uh, Chad, I think you might have had the better option there. I probably should have just trusted you on that. Uh, but that's all the endings. Unfortunately, that's all she wrote. This book leaves me wanting like to read it more. See, I, not like wanting for plot, but like I knew that it would have kind of the same effect as the Deadly Shadow because it's that spy kind of story with so many endings, and I felt like there was definitely a lot of things that we were going to miss out on. And that, the one plot of like finding the whale thing in the whale cave, and yep. the you know, like I was really intrigued by that plot and you know if we had gone up into the attic we might have just experienced all of that maybe it's like staying and talking to klein or the italian doctor lady that does it i I don't know that's a tricky thing especially i feel like with these early choose your own adventure books there are so many choices back to back to back to back that lead you to so many different places and so it's just like you really have no idea where all these things are going to lead and uh, it makes it extra tricky, I think, for sure. Yeah. Because there are and a lot And extra fun. Of, well, also very, yes, extra fun for sure, but also like all of these options that you could have done and you don't know, you know. And just, yeah, with us only having three endings here, it's hard to ever. Yep. It is. I mean, if I was just reading it, I'd right. probably just you like go keep reading it and, and yep. be like, oh, I'm going to take that. And, yep. Yeah. No, absolutely. But uh, we got to stick by our own rules, my friend. This is a fun one, though. This was a lot of fun. Uh, I thoroughly enjoyed it, and uh, I'm glad that the whales played a very big part in it. Uh, That's just pretty cool. Uh, I want to know what the whale song was all about, but uh, we didn't figure that out. No, we just kept hopping on planes. That's true. Yeah, we were just <laughs> they're like they're Let's like, uh, hey, do you want to stay and learn more about the the whales and the whale song? Oh, P.S. You have a phone call, and your boss says that you should probably get on a plane to somewhere else. And we're like, crap. Okay. Oh, we're such suckers for like the next best thing. <laughs> We're like not gonna stay in one place to figure things out. We're gonna just keep moving and like keep... more than once they'd be like, Yeah, no, you can stay here and, and like really talk to some people and like learn a lot of stuff about this. And we're like, Oh, cool, yes. Uh you know what this reminds bosses me bosses are the worst. This reminds me of my tactical uh errors when it comes to like laser tag and things like that. Because a lot of people will, like, find a spot and start, like, sniping everybody else. That's what I do. Like, rack up tons of points. But, man, when there's that music playing and you're in this, like, kind of foggy, awesome place. And I just want to freaking run around like a crazy person and feel like I'm in the action the whole time. And that isn't always the best I got it. I always try to find the best, like, yeah, Mm -hmm. tactically advantageous. Yep. You know, where I only have maybe one or two entrances to get to me, but I can see a large portion of the field. Right. Yeah, you're like hiding your own self to to protect you, but also have a great perspective to get everybody else. Yeah. 
Yeah, I'm not very patient like that. I want to be in the action, which is why I would absolutely die first on every occasion, I think. It See, I'd be just totally not, patient. Not good. Well. I'd just sit there and like, you come to me. Right. Nope. It's not really my style, so. It is what it is, I suppose. Um, I mean, I guess d- besides this profound difference between us, which has always been here, is there anything right. that you like learned in mm. all of this? Yeah, I think these spy stories don't really lend themselves necessarily to like big learning learning curves or like growth. No, but, yeah, I just learned that I want to read this book more. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good thing to learn. Um, yeah, yeah, I don't. I don't yeah, I, I don't have, have like a big. I don't have a takeaway really. Um, you already knew how to speak whale, so that's not a big deal. Right. Yeah. Um, I mean, maybe the, everybody else learned. Yeah, I learned a little bit anyway. That yeah. I yeah. knew that. Or had that skill, which is a shame. I think maybe if we had had actually like listened to those whale songs, oh, I would have known exactly known what they were saying. Yeah, missed opportunities, man. I feel kind of sad. I about think it would have been fun if this book came with like a a cassette, probably. Yeah, you know, so you could have companion played piece, yeah. played the whale song. <laughs> yeah, That's you know, awesome. <laughs> like when it was originally to, sold, that it to came listen with like to the whale song. Use track three. Yeah. Yeah, that's cool. No, that'd be really that's totally fun. fun. Yeah, or like to listen to what Albert has to say about your mission. Listen to track five, and then it's like interactive voice people and yeah, and things. That well, could we be should do that. Yeah, we can start a whole side business off of this. Intriguing. Intriguing. We can make an app. I mean, there's a thousand apps already, but well, we can make another one. Yeah. What's wrong with a thousand and one apps? Nothing. Nothing at all. Okay. Okay. Well, so, yeah, that was uh, it. That's it. For, I guess uh, that's all we learned is we're gonna start making apps. Yeah. Yep. So keep um, an eye out for that. Flying is dumb. Yeah. Like we flew too. Like we just traveled we too tra- much. Well, you know that's classic spy story. Yeah. Jet set around the world. And I guess the other the the deadly shadow was like, well, which town do you want to go to now? Yeah. No, yeah like, like four options. Yeah. It never went well either. So. This one was just especially annoying because as soon as you got somewhere, there was an, immediately another choice to like go somewhere yep. else. And yep. you're like, ah, yeah. but should I? No like, why did you ask like me to do that settle. thing if I'm not supposed to do that? Yep. 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 A lot of. And honestly, in reality, like your boss calls you and is like, you need to go to Halifax and you're going to be like, no, you're wrong. <laughs> no. Yeah. I got things to do here, man. This is where you sent me first. Um, anyway, I guess that's about all she wrote. Okay. And, uh, so thank you for listening to My Code Name is Jonas. Out uh, of box for your toys. Workers are going home. Workers are going home. And Cherick is signing off. And Cherick is signing off. <laughs> Yeah. Rock and roll. Oh, that okay. concert was so great. Dude, it was epic. That was, that was so good. Uh, anyways, as always, I have been Eric. I've been Chad. And together we have been Cherrick. So uh, keep it real, y'all. Peace, love, and cherry. Bye, y'all. <laughs>